0: Is right where I wanna be I to you I belong to you. you're listening to embrace your beautiful destiny a show where we will talk about finding beauty in the most unconventional places in our lives so every week we'll talk about dealing with disappointment or overcoming frustration and Dealing with stuff that just gets under your skin and derails you we'll also have amazing guests on here that'll be sharing their stories so I'm your host Shanna strange let's dive in telling me this is the end, but I belong to you yeah, I belong to you so here we are trapped in a spiritual cave we don't want to be in. Let's just be honest here. Sometimes God's methods are not super fun. When God put a dream in my heart and a skip in my step to go out and change the world for Him, I thought it would be filled with bright, sunshiny days and amusement park fun. Some days have been like that, but other days I felt stuck in a dark cave. I really don't like caves. You can just ask my, my hubby. We recently went to stay in our cabin in Arkansas and we decided to go out for um, a four-wheeler ride and explore. And we found a really cool cave. And my husband thought it would be fun to drive into the cave in our four-wheeler and just get out and look around. And I literally, you know, had like a panic attack when he attempted to pull in there. And so I forced him to get me out immediately because I hate darkness and I hate confined, close-quarter spaces. And I'm sure that's how David felt in his cave, the good old cave of Adullam was his home for a while. And David departed. Um, let's read this from 1 Samuel 22 1 and 2. says, David departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was in distress and everyone who was in debt, And everyone who was bitter in soul gathered to him, and he became commander over them. And there were with him about four hundred men. So imagine this. Not only are you having to deal with your own junk and the rejection that you continually face because of Saul, and not to mention fighting for your life and just avoiding him, Uh, But now you got to help all of these other sour-faced folks showing up to your cave. Fun times. 400 or so people looking to you for guidance and spiritual support when you don't even have a home, a kingdom to call your own, and all you have is a calling from God. Oh, wait, did I mention a calling from God? Hmm. A calling from God to help people, to encourage them, to lead them, to shepherd them. It doesn't matter where you are in your life right now. A job you hate, cave, stuck at home all day, a cave, a tough relationship, cave, a transition that never seems to end, a cave, etc. You still have a calling from God. Sometimes, God uses those cave times to develop character in us and purify our motives. Can we help people when we don't get paid for it or we won't get any recognition? When there's no position or title handed to us, can we just do it because we love God and it's our calling? So, my fellow cave dwellers who are currently trapped in obscurity but still love God and want to do the right thing and not grieve the Holy Spirit— Oh, i got to get a breath. I implore you to not give up in your cave. Help the people God sends to you. Grieve with the ones broken and bruised. Bandage up the wounds of the devastated souls in your midst. Do it because you love God, and it's the right thing to do. And I promise, when you start to walk out of your calling, even in a crappy circumstances, your joy will return. God be with you, and God be with me as we trudge on for him. So friends, that was a blog post that I released uh, last May, and it's really been on my mind lately how God uh, uses caves, He uses seasons of obscurity in our lives to develop us, among other things. And I want to talk a little bit about those seasons and um, how to get through them, so how to survive seasons of obscurity. But also um, some of the things that happen in these seasons, and then I want to give you some practical things you can do while you're there, because I've been in a lot of them, uh, a lot of caves, a lot more than I'd like to be in. Um, you know, you kind of think that you'll just have to do this once, but the truth is, you're probably going to have to do it multiple times. Go to go through these seasons of obscurity, and you know, some people are cool with that because they really don't care. Um, it's not a big deal for them to remain hidden. That's, they like to be behind the scenes. Um, and, and I wish that I was okay with that. It's, it's not so much that I I want people to see me. It's that I want to walk fully in the calling God has for me. And I think everybody can identify with that. So, so obscurity not necessarily always means, you know, um, not being seen. It could just mean God, uh, not allowing you to fully walk out. Uh, what you feel called to do. And that can be frustrating for all of us, but uh, I want to read you the definition of obscurity or obscure. It can mean to not, um, it means not discovered or known about or uncertain. Um, but it can also mean to keep from being seen to conceal. <laughs> and there are definitely seasons where I feel like God conceals us. And this is such a, um, hard thing to endure. Um, particularly for me, where I have noticed this is uh, trying to, to follow the world's standard of trying to climb up the ladder, so to speak. I hate to use that that, that terminology, but um, you, you have a goal, you know, you have a dream, so you set goals and you do all the all the formulas you're supposed to do for goal setting <laughs> and you, you have it down to an art and by three months you're going to have done this. And in six months you're going to have done this. And within a year you will be this far to your goal. And then you set the long term goal that's five years later and then a 10 year goal. And then by, t- you know, five or 10 years, you're going to fully be walking exactly in all that God called you to be. Now, wouldn't it be beautiful and wonderful if that's the way it really happened? Uh, but it, doesn't work like that. Now, if you want to start a business, maybe that'll work for you. I don't know. Um, But I can tell you, I've tried this silly nonsense before and it does not work. And so where I have been frustrated is these seasons of obscurity, God would uh, bring them about in my life and I would do everything I could do to get out of that season. I was tired of Him hiding me. I was tired of Him concealing me. And so I would set my goals and I would, you know, um, okay, in three months, I'm going to have done this. I'm going to contact this many churches or this many radio stations to get my music out there, or I'm going to reach out to all these different event planners and try to get, you know, knock down the doors. And I'm going to have this many bookings this year, and then the next year, I'm going to have twice as many. It exhausted me and it got me nowhere uh, because the purpose of the season was for God to conceal me. So you're essentially fighting against the Lord if he is calling you to a season of obscurity, but you're trying to get out of it. So what you have to learn is, okay, God is teaching me something in this season. What in the world is he trying to teach me? And so if we kind of look back at this scripture, it was a First Samuel 22, one and two, and it says that David departed from there. And I read it one more time, and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when he, when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down. They went down there to him, and every one who was in distress, every one who was in debt. And everyone who was bitter in soul gathered to him, and he became the commander over them. And they were with him, about 400 men. So I want to talk a little bit about these men that God brought to him. I mean, I think just reading the description, you would think, okay, this is a bunch of loser people. (laughs) I mean, these are people who were in debt, distress, and bitter in soul. But honestly, these were probably people who had been affected by Saul's uh, ruler, his rulership, his poor leadership over Israel. There's no telling how that affected the people of Israel. And so these men um, were facing probably financial ruin. They were in debt. They were bitter in soul. They were in distress. These were hard times. And so you would think that God conceals David, um, and we're going to talk about why he conceals him in a minute, but, um, you know, you would say, okay, he's just going to conceal him, so that means David doesn't really have to do anything, he can just kind of live in the cave, chill out, you know, um, I don't know, eat some chips and queso, whatever, <laughs> but that's not... That's not what was going on here. God was not giving David a free pass to do nothing, to sit around and watch Netflix all day. Oh my gosh, that was such a pointed uh, hit at myself. <laughs> you can tell my struggle, eat chips and queso and watch Netflix. But um, it's so it's so easy to do when you find yourself in a season where God has concealed you in a cave almost, it's dark and cold. Well, what the heck? I might as well just watch TV and eat all day or or whatever your vice is. You know, you, you might be a person who, I don't know, you might be prone to drink a bunch of alcohol or let's just be honest here. You know, some people, they just, to escape the cave, they just create another life and go do horrible things, you know, that they hope they don't get caught. I mean, people will do anything to escape these seasons, but, I'm going to tell you the best thing to do and the quickest way out is to surrender. It's totally surrender. But I love what David did here because not only did David surrender to what God was doing and he trusted him, but he ministered to the people right where he was. And that's the biggest thing that we have to learn in these seasons. So I want to talk about, about, you know, maybe like four things here that I see right off the bat that are all kind of connected that um seasons of obscurity and what they do for us so i think that they exist number one they exist to test us uh and this is hard and we don't like to be tested i don't know about you but even when someone just brings up the word okay there's going to be a test friday like when you're in school there's a pop quiz tomorrow i would kind of freeze up like i hate tests and but that's what this is. That's the only way we know if we, we know if we've learned something is by being tested. And this is, I believe how God measures growth in us is when we pass a test. If we pass a test, guess what? There's another test coming and the tests get harder and the tests get more complex. And, and that's because God wants to bring the gold that's, that's inside of us. He wants to bring it out. I write about this in the Providence book um, how the tests that we face we don't see them the way that we should um, you know I, I kind of made this example about testing in the book um, we see it one way but we really need to see it a different way so let's just pretend for a minute because we're talking about tests that um, see my my uh, greatest weakness is math so I'm gonna use math I hate it um, always have and let's just say though I'm really good at math and just naturally inclined to to be good at it and algebra whatever whatever hard math you can think of and um, my teachers notice it, and so someone approaches me and they say, "Hey, we'd like it if you'd come with us and start training we want well, we want you to compete in the um, district and see how you do you know with um." you know, how you do if you go to all district for this and see if you can do well with it, because we think that you have potential. And so you spend a little time getting some tutoring and you start practicing and you go and you take the test and you do so well that you get first place and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't really know I was that good at math. And so you're, you're just like fueled for the next test. And they're like, okay, the next level is going to be, you know, area. And so you study and you work really hard with your, your math teacher and Getting you prepared and you do so well, you you place first and, and you're shocked and you're like, oh my gosh! But the problems keep getting harder and you have to keep you have to keep at it longer. You have to study more and you have to be available more and you have to meet with your teacher more. There's a, definitely a price to pay, and so you make it to state. And the day arrives and you have spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours preparing for this and you take the test. It's so hard and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know if I got these answers right. But by some miracle, you win first place. And it just keeps going and going and going and going. And that's, I believe that's a picture of what our tests look like in the spirit. You don't pass the test and you never get tested again. No, you pass the test and you get another test and that test is even harder than the one you took before. But there's a purpose to all this. At the end of all of this, you're going to be allowed to walk out the fullness of your destiny. That's what you actually win. That's the prize. The prize, I believe, is two different things. Two, um... Two different levels. One of those things being that you get to walk out your destiny. But the more important, the more extravagant prize is that you are Christ-like. <laughs> you have been conformed to the image of Christ. And that's really, honestly, that's what we're after. Even walking out your destiny, as fun, as awesome as that sounds, means nothing if you are not conformed to the image of Christ. So I want to encourage you that caves have a purpose. And one of those purposes is, is to get you to looking more like Christ and less like you. (laughs) I don't know if that comforts you or not. It actually does me because, you know, there's just no other way to get there. The, The dying of the flesh is painful. There's just no way around it. That's what we're doing. Living through these seasons, we're crucifying our flesh. But um, the second thing that these seasons of obscurity do for us is they conceal us. And and we don't like this. But this is so important that God hides us because we're not ready. Uh, we're not ready to walk it out. And so God, out of his fatherly wisdom and kindness and great love for us, is hiding us until the appropriate time that we are ready. There is a time, um, there's a a perfect timing that God is going to say, okay, now you're ready. And you really can't, you really can't change that, speed that up. Um, You could slow it down, I suppose, if you don't cooperate. But the concealing uh, of us is for our own safety because we would probably honestly misuse uh, our power, misuse our platform, misuse the calling God has given us for our own selfish games, And so it, it, I just believe that it takes years, years uh, sometimes, of living through hard seasons. This is what I see all through scripture. And I feel like I'm a broken record. Like I say this a lot, but maybe it just needs to be said a lot. If you really look at scripture and you look at the patriarchs, you look at the great heroes of the Bible Um, You will see that most of them waited a long time for God uh, to fulfill his purpose for them. Uh, Very few of them um, got a promise and it happened quickly. Uh, Very few of them did things when they were super young. I mean, there are some, you know, of course, like the prophet Jeremiah, he was young. There are exceptions, um, but that doesn't mean those people had an easy life. Man, the rest of their life was probably a a constant struggle and dying of the flesh. Uh, But for the majority, the consensus that I see is that everyone who got a promise from God, it took forever and a day for the promise to come true. Uh, And that's just because we, (laughs) we have to die, you know? And so these seasons exist to conceal us because we're not ready if we were promoted. And and when it wasn't time, it would destroy us. I totally believe this. I believe this is the reason that um, God has hidden me and has withheld um, open doors for me um, that I wanted to open for so many years is because I haven't been ready and he was protecting me. And so that, that would be the next thing I would say, but in a, in a different angle at a different angle would be number three, that these seasons exist to protect us from the enemy. The enemy uh, could easily take us out when we're not ready. And I think by God, not opening a lot of doors, we aren't as big a target to him. Um, He's not really, I don't personally think he's, Super concerned about someone who's being concealed and hidden. I mean, does he come after you? Of course. Of course. But you're not. I don't think the target on your back is as big because you're concealed and hidden. You're not really doing anything. You're just kind of off in this season of obscurities. He's going after the, the big. You know, the heavy hitters in that season, the people that are out there um, reaching tons of people or just, you know, handfuls of people, whatever that might be. He's going after those kind of people who are making a huge impact. He's not going to mess with someone who's, you know, laid up in the cave, don't not really doing much. So I believe that God is protecting us from the enemy in those seasons, too, uh, until the time is right, until he's gotten us to a place where we're ready. To have a target on our back because you you have to realize when you finally get to the place that you want to be, that you are so desperately desired to be for so long, it is not going to be easy to stay there. You're going to have to fight um, and you're going to have to, of course, I know when I say fight, I mean, um, I'm talking about warring in the spirit. And I'm talking about um, being strong in what you believe, being strong in being able to navigate the word and to wield the word against the enemy. You're going to be a a person of intense prayer and and worship and fellowship with God. You're going to have learned that. That's what this season's about. (laughs) That's what this season's about. Uh, And a lot of us pout and hide and, and are angry with God and... I don't know, it's kind of like a little kid. We think if we pout long enough, God will let us out, but that's not the way it works. He's going to let you out when you've learned lessons. Um, you know, and these seasons are meant to test, conceal, protect, but also to prepare us. We get to practice in the cave. We get to practice in the cave. So the preparation, I believe, is, is um, not just spiritual I, I think it's also practical. So a lot of the gifts and the tools and the skills that God's given you, you need to be practicing in the cave how to use those. David did that. David was going to be a king. So what did he do? He learned how to lead people. He learned how to lead people that were at the lowest point of their life. If you can lead people who are um, super depressed, unmotivated, broken, uh, just living in despair, destitute. If you can lead those kind of people into victory and you can bring them up out of a hard place when you yourself are in the hard place, because that's what a leader does. A leader looks beyond their own pain and suffering and they see the other people around them in pain and suffering. And they're like, you know what? I can help these people. These are the ones I can help in this moment right now. Yes, this does not look like what God promised me. God promised me a kingdom. These are... Um, broken down people who have nothing, but I'm gonna help them because that's who I am. I'm a shepherd, and that's exactly what David did. And I'm gonna encourage you to do that in your season. To not lay up in the house and watch TV all day and eat and and go into you know the numb place, which I know there are times we all do it because you get so weird and you get so tired. But you guys snap out of that, and you've got to get back to doing what God. Has told you to do and I'm so talking to myself this has been the reason I'm talking about this today is because this is where I'm at right now I'm in a cave and I'm tired of being in the cave I really want God to release me I really want to do the things that he promised me and I would really appreciate it if he would say okay the end here you go here's your destiny go do it but apparently I'm not ready so I can take that information or that observation rather, and say, okay, I'm not ready. So God, show me what else I need to learn in this cave. And I can be happy about it and I can learn and get on with my life or I can sulk and, and go into a depression and that's hard to get out of, you know, and just spiral out of control and have to get on medication and make everybody's life around me miserable. I mean, it's, it's my choice and it's your choice. You can decide to let it make you or break you that's what caves are supposed to do. They either make or break us. And I want to just give you um, some practical things that you can do in the cave. Okay. These are things that I've learned over the years that have helped me survive, but also because we don't want to just survive. We actually want to grow and develop and become someone in these hard seasons. And so here's some things daily surrender. (laughs) <laughs> this is Romans 12, 1 and 2, just becoming that living sacri- sacrifice every single day and just saying, God, you know, what, is, what do you want me to do today? Father, I want to be about your business. Whatever you're already doing, help me partner with you to do that. You know, and, and actively ask the Lord to bring you people in the season that you're in that you can help. I'm telling you, this will make a tremendous difference in your attitude and your perspective. When you realize that you can help people right where you are, it's going to pull you up out of the pit and it's going to help you not just be um, trapped in that spiral of depression and and self-loathing and just feeling sorry for yourself and having a pity party, right? So daily surrender. And I just said this, help the people that God sends you. Um, that's so important and he will do it, but I don't even know if you're aware of it. Like, I think, I think that's what prayer does for us is it brings an awareness to the things that we ask God for. We actually become aware that, oh my gosh, God just did this in my life and I asked him for it. And he's like, do you see I'm answering your prayer? Like if this is the conversation, we ask things in his name and he does it. He answers, he listens, he hears, and that's going to build your faith that he does hear you. And when you can believe God for small things in your life, it's going to be easier for you to believe God for the bigger things that he's already spoken to you or the bigger things that you have in your heart that you feel um is part of your destiny. You have to also practice uh the calling God has given you. Um so, like I said a minute ago with David, you know, he's practicing being a king. He's he's practicing the role that he's going to gonna do now is that your life right now can you don't who knows I don't know what you're gonna do with your life in the end I don't know what your destiny is gonna be but I promise you it's probably gonna be something God's been training you for and elements of it are right are happening right now in your life I mean you're learning skills and developing gifts um right now doing the mundane things that you think have nothing to do with your calling. They actually do have a lot to do with your calling. Um, I can look back over my life and all of the things that I have done, you know, even working in banking, I did not like. That gave me a specific skill set, not just business, but I have a thorough knowledge of real estate lending I have a, I have a knowledge and an understanding of um, how to speak to people how to write letters how to uh, communicate professionally it's it's definitely a polishing that I never would have gotten had I not been in the business world for like 14 years and so it's things like that that really matter you know I mean that stuff is important to us, you get to uh, work on gifts and talent development. Now, if you're in a cave, you probably have a lot of time on your hands, typically. Maybe not. You could be a stay-at-home mom with kids screaming all day. I don't know. Uh, but if you have time on your hands, I want to highly encourage you to develop gifts and talents. And so for me, uh, that was investing in music lessons. I took. Um, Some guitar. I took some piano. I took a lot of voice lessons. I developed songwriting gifts, and I'm telling you, this is ongoing for me. I don't ever really stop doing this because I believe this is faith in action. You know, when I if I believe that God has called me to something, God has called me uh, to music, and that's going to be part of my final destination. Or God's called me. I'm just talking to you in my own life and just speaking. I need to be working, actively working towards um, getting better every time I speak and making conscious conscious effort to develop that skill. I'm also a writer. One of the things I do is blog. I try to blog every two weeks. I'm also a poet, so sometimes I just write poetry. But I'm actively working that gift because I believe. At the right appointed time, God's going to say, okay, and if I haven't done my due diligence within the season of obscurity that I'm in, then I won't be ready, and God can't open that door. It's not just spiritual development that we need to be working on. See, do you see how there's so much to do in the cave? I hope that you're seeing that, that there's, it's not just you surrendering spiritually and laying there until you die or until God resurrects you. <laughs> this is, it's all inclusive. Like what in your life do you need to be working on? Do you want to be a writer? Then start moving towards that. If you need to join a group and count, get, hold yourself accountable. If you need to take some writing classes, if you need to, um, I don't know, just maybe you just need to start writing more every day. I mean, the more you write, The better you get, the more you read really good authors, the better you'll get as a writer. So these are some of the things that I have done over the years that have helped me survive, but also uh, not just survive, but actually come to a place of abundance in the cave, you know. One of the things I've also done is to periodically remind myself of God's promises. And God is so good to me that He actually does that for me. He will send um, people into my life that will... um, speak a word of encouragement or prophetically remind me of some things that um, I had gotten so weary and tired of waiting that I just was at the point, you know, I'm just going to whatever. I've just made it all up and God would send somebody. So that could be you too. Um, But one of the things you also need to learn how to do is learn how to use scripture in the cave. Learn, you need to learn the Bible and you need to learn it very well. You need to know what God's Word said. this is where our power comes from. This is how we defeat the enemy. This is how we live victoriously and it cannot be emphasized enough. that um, I know that in these seasons you want to just run away and put your head in the sand like an ostrich, but I'm going to encourage you and challenge you not to do that. To actually use your spirit to control your flesh and say, we are going to study the Bible today. So, those are some of the things I do have done, and I hope that they're helpful to you, and I am super grateful that you came today, and hopefully um, this encourages you to keep moving and to not give up on the promises God has for you. Until next time, I'll see you guys later. Hey friends, thanks for joining me on this episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. Here are some ways that you can connect with me. You can go to Facebook and look up Shanna Strange Ministries. You can go to shannastrange.net to my website, or you can go to Instagram, it's shanna underscore strange. I'll see you next week.